Welcome to this episode of the St. Rita's Family Medicine Podcast. This is Mark Colley. This podcast is going to concentrate on Medicare annual wellness visits. Annual wellness visits are now a part of our PC6, and Bon Secours Mercy is focusing on increasing the percentage of our ACO patients that have a completed annual wellness visit. This podcast will be in two parts. Uh, we will look at the big picture and the why behind the annual wellness visit campaign in the first half of the podcast. And in the second half, I will be speaking with some of our systems billing and coding specialists who will help to address the more technical aspects of the visit. To discuss the big picture as it pertains to annual wellness visits, I'm sitting with Dr. Matt Owens. Dr. Owens is the Chief Medical Officer for MHP Lima and the leader of our clinically integrated network. Matt, thanks for doing this. Sure, Mark. Happy to be here. So, as the book says, you know, we should probably start with the why here. So, can you speak to why we're placing increased focus on completing these uh, visits for our Medicare patients? Mark, I think there are a couple reasons uh, that we should talk about when we're explaining the why behind annual wellness visits. Uh, from, a, from an initial perspective, and certainly the most important perspective, uh, these are just good visits for the patients. If, if we can separate ourselves um, from the challenges of the daily workflow and realize that patients who have an annual visit that's focused more on their wellness and their risk factors than acute issues or the management of chronic conditions are certainly benefited in our healthcare system. And as we try to find more and more ways to keep people healthy instead of treating them when they're sick, I think annual wellness visits are a part of what that should be. Secondarily, annual wellness visits have some benefit for us as a system as well uh, and, and the individual provider. And I think we'll get into that in some of the, uh, the future questions we're going to discuss today. Sure. So Matt, Bon Secours in the past has had a lot of success with these annual wellness visits. And can you talk about how that might correlate to their success within the ACO? So as the two legacy systems came together in, uh, in the merger, uh, what we realized is that Bon Secours had performed better in the value-based world than what Legacy Mercy Health had traditionally performed. And obviously, that leaves an opportunity to try to analyze um, what were the factors that were different uh, in Bon Secours' success and Mercy Health's uh, prior success. One huge thing that, that um, you can point out when you look at Bon Secours is that they were extremely focused on the completion of annual wellness visits and had a very high rate of completion compared to the Legacy Mercy Health markets. Understand that in the Legacy Mercy Health markets, we really had never focused on annual wellness visits, and so completion rates were in the single digits uh, in some of our markets. So there, there's the question um, that you just asked of, of how does uh, higher performance on annual wellness visits help to lead to success? And I, I think that um, I think that there are a couple of different reasons. One, again, this has to be about population health management and not just treating people who are sick. So um, when you take an annual visit that's uh, at the uh, uh, that that's a benefit to the patient, they're able to to benefit from that and make sure that we try to encourage wellness and uh, reduce risk factors. Secondarily, um, to have these annual wellness visits. Um, actually leads to an ability to capture a healthier population as far as our attributed lives. Mm -hmm. So 
something that's been brought up in uh, several meetings that we've been in is, and I have a difficult time explaining it, but I understand it, is the thought behind having healthy patients be seen every year, patients who might never otherwise be seen in a year span be seen. Can you talk about why that's important? So it is a difficult concept, and I'll try to do the best job I can to explain this. If if you step back to that bigger picture of population health management and value-based care, you'll realize that the, the measuring stick that we often are, or that's often used to measure our performance is uh, the amount of healthcare spend per life that's attributed to us. So if, if you take a person who is relatively healthy, who doesn't use a lot of healthcare resources, um, or, or doesn't have a lot of healthcare claims, obviously that's a person that decreases the overall average mm -hmm. of how much spend we have per patient. So now let's talk about annual wellness visits and, and the idea of attribution. If you have a patient who's in that 65 to 75 year old category who is relatively healthy, doesn't use healthcare much, um, and maybe only sees a doctor once every couple years or every three years or whatever it is, those folks may not be attributed to the same provider on an ongoing basis. Mm -hmm. They may have an acute health concern that leads to them having to come in for health care issues, and then um, they otherwise don't get attributed back to their PCP on a regular basis. When that happens, we lose the ability to take credit for that person that we're caring for. We certainly know that they're still mark your patient or someone else's patient in our system, but if they're not coming and being re-identified by Medicare and other payers as quote unquote, our life, then um, they're not attributed to us and therefore they don't change the average spend. If all we do is take care of quote unquote sick patients, patients in facilities and patients with lots of uh, chronic care visits and acute care visits, then obviously our average spend per patient is gonna be higher. If that's really the measuring stick that we win or lose in the value-based world, I think um, that then becomes the explanation for why having these patients who are healthier that are focused more on wellness and risk factor modification are important to get back on a regular basis so we don't lose them in our attribution. So in Medicare's eyes, in order for a patient to be attributed to us, they have to be seen every year, every calendar year, or how does that work? Well, I can't exactly uh, answer that in the moment. Um, to get a patient in at least once a year is very positive as far as keeping the, the ranks of, of patients that are attributed to you um, uh, uh, solid. What we want to prevent is a high churn of patients mm -hmm. where they're in and out and in and out of, of different um, ACO assignments. If we can keep our patient population stable and keep the same population um, uh, within our network, we're much more likely to be successful. And again, that's where we think Bon Secours was more successful in their legacy mm -hmm. system than what Mercy Health has been. Correct. So one of the things that we've had a lot of discussion about was how to complete these visits and how to work this into everybody's practice. So can you talk about some of the different ways that we've been working on to do that? So I, I think that there are several things to consider. One, and, and perhaps this is the most important, this is not a workflow uh, because it can be rather lengthy. This is not a workflow that we expect the physicians to tackle themselves. 
Um, there are a couple different uh, ways in which I think that uh, the workflow could be best as far as delivering the idea of completed annual wellness visits for our population and yet making sure that the physician stays efficient in their day. One, um, our medical assistants in the office can absolutely be empowered to do most, if not all, of this workflow. Uh, they can ask the questions, they can gather the information, they can be uh, working and, and documenting in the care path system, and, and they can collect a lot of this information. If the medical assistant completes this workflow, uh, it does require that the physician does a face-to-face -face visit at the end of the workflow just to touch base with the patient. I think what's important is to make the patient realize, and I know for some patients that it's easier <laughs> than others, but to make the patient realize that they're coming in for an annual wellness visit. This is not a chance to talk about a sore back or sinus issues or, or A1Cs or anything like that. This is simply a chance to talk about their overall wellness and, and the different topics that are discussed in the annual wellness visit. Secondarily, and, and we don't quite have our minds wrapped around this yet, but there are even workflows uh, that exist for specialized LPNs um, who are certified to do annual wellness visits to do these independently. And so I think that there could be a future state or a future conversation that would surround the idea of some LPN-leveled uh, uh, and trained nurses to be able to do these annual wellness visits without really uh, much influence at all of the physician in the moment. And then they could report back to the physician if there are certain topics that should be addressed with the patient at a future time. We do have some pilots uh, happening uh, across the system in regards to this type of workflow, and I know that it's a topic of conversation, but I think we need to do a little bit more uh, fact-finding and, uh, and some more trials before we know exactly how that could best be implemented. Yeah, I think the big takeaway with that is that these are not going to have to be a set visit that has to be done a certain way by the physician. There's going to be a lot of options, and it's going to come down to the physician or the provider to determine how it best fits into their workflow and their practice. As we mature with this process, I think you're exactly right. We need to figure out how to be better at it, um, not just try to wrench it into the existing system that we have. Matt, are there any other thoughts that you feel are important as it pertains to the big picture with these types of visits? I think at the end I would go back to the, the very first point that I made. I, I think we have to step back and realize that if we want to be successful as a healthcare system in our country, um, uh, we, we need to get folks more focused on their wellness and on those uh, preventative care types of, of things. We need to get them willing to uh, identify and engage with us in mitigating their risk factors. And we, we need to convince folks that they need to be empowered to, to be in charge as opposed to us being responsible for their care. So um, annual wellness visits are our first step in the process of true change where, where in the population health and the value-based world, we start to focus on uh, wellness, risk factors, and, and healthy choices as opposed to uh, just taking care of someone once they already are sick or have a chronic condition. Great. Well, Matt, thank you for doing this. Um, please stay tuned for the second part, which we'll discuss, again, the more technical aspects of the visit. Thank Thanks, you. Mark. Yep. 
Well, welcome to the second half of our annual Wellness Visit podcast. This portion of the podcast will focus on the billing and documentation portions of the visit. Joining me are several of our billing and coding administrators. I have Patty Lawallen and Trinda Davis. Thank you for joining me. You're welcome. So before we get into the details of these visits, I was hoping that we could learn a little bit more about the both of you. So Trinda and Patty, can you speak a little to your backgrounds and what your current role is within the organization? Hi, I'm Trenda, and I have been in the healthcare for over 20 years, and I have been with Ensemble for five, and I am now currently in the auditing department. And my name's Patricia Llewellyn. I've been in the healthcare for about 19, 20 years. Um, I currently have been with Ensemble for about 10, and currently serving as one of the coding managers within Ensemble. Okay. So I thought it might be helpful to break these down uh, by some of the most commonly asked questions uh, to go through this. So can you please explain, you know, when is it appropriate to bill a G0402, a G0438, and a G0439? Okay, sure. Uh, The G0402 is the initial preventative visit um, that every uh, Medicare recipient is allowed to get within the first 12 months of becoming eligible for Medicare. Uh, so anytime within that first 12 months of their eligibility there that is a free service to them they would not mm-hmm. have to pay anything uh, the G0438 that's the annual wellness visit um, this includes like the personalized preventative plans um, that is once in a lifetime so regardless of where they have it done at it is a once in a lifetime mm-hmm. code then the G0439, that's the annual uh, subsequent ones after that, and that's once every 12 months. Sure. So one of the commonly asked questions we have is, how do I know if they're just on Medicare within the past year, or how do I know if they've had an annual wellness visit before so that I have to choose between the 38 and the 39? Is there any way to tell that through EPIC? Um, currently, the only way that I'm aware of that you can tell within EPIC is going into the patient's uh, insurance field and look at the effective date from Medicare. Okay. Uh, the, the effective to and from date should be there, so you'll see whether it's been more than 12 months. Uh, one of the things that we do run into is for the G0438, and that's if you can see that in transaction inquiry to mm-hmm. see if we've built it before. Unfortunately, if it was a provider outside of Mercy... Yep. We, we wouldn't be able to see that within anywhere within EPIC. So what would be your recommendation for that? So let's say I have a 70-year-old patient that I'm seeing for the first time, well, not for the first time, for the second time, but I've only followed them for a year, and we go to do a Medicare annual wellness visit, and I ask them, have you had one of these before, and they're not sure. Do you think that it's more prudent to do the 3-9 the in that situation just to be safe, or how should we handle that? So you can do, um, I would suggest to go ahead and bill the G0439, or 38, I'm sorry. Um, that's going to stop in a work queue for our coders to look at. Okay. And then let us change that. Okay. So that you were maximizing the, the work that you're doing. So is that the same thing with the G402, where if we do make a mistake where they have been on Medicare for longer than a year, is that something that you guys can catch and change it to the more appropriate diagnosis? Currently, we should be able to catch those in a work queue. Okay, great, yep. great. Um, so we were having a little bit of a discussion off the air and trying to get clarification on uh, on as far as using modifiers with the annual wellness visit. So can you explain a little bit when it's appropriate to use a modifier in addition to one of these codes? Okay, so 
we should not actually be billing another separate E&M with the um, wellness visits if it's for a chronic condition. Mm-hmm. So if a patient comes in and they're maybe sick and they have like a sore throat, bronchitis, something like that, that would be appropriate to use that 25 modifier. Mm-hmm. But if it's just for a chronic condition, we not we should not be billing that separately. I know that this has caused a lot of confusion. Uh, currently in our region, many of our physicians have been adding on the annual wellness visits to appointments that patients already have scheduled to address their chronic conditions. So if we are doing the annual wellness visit and addressing chronic medical issues that are stable at that appointment, we should not bill a modifier and only bill the annual wellness visit charge, correct? That is correct. Okay. So, But if they do come in and they're for an annual uh, wellness visit and then they said, oh, by the way, you know, I have a sore throat, then it's okay to bill a 25 modifier uh, onto that initial annual wellness visit code. Yes, that's correct. So the other scenario then is let's say I do have a patient coming in for a six-month follow-up and we are doing an annual wellness on top of that and they have diabetes or high blood pressure and they tell me that their blood sugars are in the 400 range or you know their blood pressures have been running very high if I address that at that visit, can at that point I bill a modifier because it is an unstable condition? Yes, you should be able to bill for chronic conditions that are um, unstable at that time. If the patients are having problems, then it would be appropriate. Um, but if the chronic cons- um, problems are stable or they are un- asymptomatic, then I would not bill for that. Okay. So what are the common reasons that you see charges get rejected for annual wellness visits? Um, usually what we see, the re- some of the rejections are they've been billed in less than a year's time um, because you can only do that once a year, or just the incorrect annual wellness visit be- being billed out. So if there is a charge, and we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but if there is a charge that the visit was done appropriately but the wrong charge on your end, you guys are catching that and able to change that to the appropriate charge, as long as the documentation is correct. As long as the documentation supports it, yes. Yeah. We we have an edit now within Epic um, that will stop those. Okay, great. Um, so just one uh, point, quick point of clarification is how often patients can have the annual wellness visit. From my understanding, they can not have one within the previous 365 days. It's not every calendar year, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, well, any last tips or advice that you could give to uh, physicians and providers regarding these visits and the coding portion of it? It's just making sure that the documentation uh, meets the requirements of each different um, annual wellness visit. And I can always supply those. Um, there's a bunch of MLNs out there mm-hmm. from Medicare that gives you point point by point exactly what document that needs to be documented in each one of those. Yeah, and uh, that's certainly something we'll attach to this. But I think we were also talking ahead of time is that if you're staying in the express lane, the express lane is going to pretty much pull in everything that you need. So generally, you may not have to worry about that portion of it, too. Right. Well, good. Well, any last uh thoughts that you have for annual wellness visits that you'd like to share with us? Uh, no, I, unless we can figure out a way to have them scheduled in the right ty- uh, appointment type on the front end, because we see that quite a bit where they'll come in and we see preventative visit uh, codes dropped in place of annual wellness visits, and a lot of times we don't catch those. Right, and I believe I saw that uh, it's probably been within the past year that Medicare is not paying for any 
preventative codes outside of the three that we mentioned, correct? Correct. Yes. Yes. And then one thing I would say is back to uh, when we're talking about the annual wellness and the billing the other another E&M mm -hmm. is just making sure that the elements that are there for both of those. Right. Um, and I believe do they, they have to be two separate notes as well. Yeah, Dr. Okay. Sh Dr. Schneider had brought that up that uh, just for the sake of giving Medicare no wiggle room uh, when you do put in a modifier if you need to, uh, you can create two completely separate notes and you just have to make sure you're meeting the elements of each of those for like say a 213 or 214. Great. Well, that's where we'll stop for this portion of the podcast. Again, if you have any uh, ideas for any topics or anybody you'd like us to talk to in the future, please let us know. Thank you.